0: This is Porch Tales, a Humanities DC podcast where we hear the stories of those who shape the history and culture of our nation's capital. This is Katie Davis. Welcome to Lanier, stories from the block that raised me. Sometimes when I'm telling a story about my block, a person just walks into the story and takes over. And that's the situation with my old neighbor, Bobby. He keeps popping up in these stories and you've heard little bits of him. So I thought it would be good to share his story, his whole story today. Bobby comes up my street one afternoon in March. I haven't seen him in a few months and he's kind of gliding along smoking a Marlboro. That's the way he's carried himself since sixth grade, when I first met him, one of the bad boys from over on Calvert Street. Bobby tells me he's going to coach a little league team with some neighborhood kids. Great, I say, from up on my porch. Inside, I'm thinking, who's he kidding? He's rail thin, he's sweating. It looks like he's been using all winter. Bobby flicks his burning cigarette into the street and watches me, waiting for more reaction. This is the same Bobby I loved and tried to save for a whole year. Bobby who stole $60 from my house to buy heroin and swore to God, swore to his own dead daughter, that my dog Purdy ate the money. And this is his latest plan to get clean, coaching a bunch of 10, 11, and 12-year-olds rounded up by the D.C. Department of Recreation. All I can say is, that's great. A week later, Bobby's back, this time on my machine.
1: You have two messages. Message one. Hey, how you doing? Just calling to say hi. Um, when I get off, I'll probably walk Bailey. Maybe we'll run up and see if we can say hi to you. Um, Katie, you got to see this... Uh out are unbelievable. One of them tried to spit on me yesterday at practice. I mean, a, a couple of them I don't think i don't think even I can handle. It's like too much of a disruption, you know?
0: My machine cuts him off, but now I know Bobby's clean. Because if he were still using heroin, nothing could puncture his detached haze. He's sounding awake and rattled. Bobby, who spent two and a half years in Lorton Prison on assault and possession charges, rattled by a bunch of kids at their first baseball practice.
2: First day was just crazy.
1: We went to Harrison Playground at between 13th and 14th on V Street, and that's a rough rough neighborhood. And as soon as we got on the field, my kids started to act up right away, right away, and I think they were afraid. I was a little afraid.
2: Okay, he was, like, picking who was going to be right field or whatever but then uh everybody was just yelling at each other and jumping on each other
1: i tried to get them to chill to relax and play ball focus on the game they started cursing me a few of them cursing me and um cursing each other one kid spit at me
2: and he got mad and said practice was over
1: and i cursed him and i told him i didn't they didn't f- impress me. Before they were born, I was in penitentiary, you know, so if they're trying to act like they're bad, they, they're not impressing me. It, I, and right when I did that, I felt in my gut that I had just screwed up. I felt right then that, you know what, you just laid all of your cards on the table. You don't have a whole card anymore. Now they know you. <clears throat> um, one kid says, well, while you while you were in prison, were you getting humped? And then I knew I'd screwed up. I said, no, that didn't happen to me. Another said, oh, because you were the humper, right?
0: Three days later, they hold a second practice, this time at a field in our neighborhood. Bobby's back for more salvation
1: through Little League.
2: If I smack this out of you, do it. What's
0: your strategy, Me. or do you maybe you're
1: formulating? It. I'm formulating it, but my strategy, short term, is to. Uh, my strategy is to um, to remember I'm the adult. Me. Take good stick. Go 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 go. Run it out. He might fall. He might break his ankle. All right. Good stick. Good hustle. Hey, every first baseman on the is good as him. This
0: second practice is going a lot better. The only tantrums being thrown are by the kids. Bobby stands by the backstop in our park, pushing away a locust sapling that's grown up through the fence. There are no bases and only a warped piece of rubber for the pitcher's mound. That's how it goes around here. Anyone with any money drives their kids to the wealthier neighborhoods to play, leaving this misshapen field for Bobby's team.
1: Come on, man. I'm not going to tell you where it's going, but I wanted you to bring it home when it comes to you. Wake up. Wake up. That's what I'm saying, see? see? The guy in the game, see? the batter's not gonna tell you where the ball's going, guys. Talent level, you gotta be ready. bad news bears. They're horrible. Okay, as far throw. as talent, I think they're wonderful kids and I'm not gonna give up on them, but God, man, they can't throw a ball, they can't catch a ball, they can't hit a ball, and they've never learned, no one's ever taught them. Bring it home. Ah, okay, you've got good stop, good throw. That's the way to play, fella, that's the way to play. You think it's coming your way?
0: The third practice starts around 5 o'clock on a humid April afternoon. Kids are scattered around the field, squatting down, twirling their gloves. Joey is throwing rocks at his brother. Joey is always throwing rocks. Benjamin thinks he should be pitching. Bobby tells him to stay right where he is and keep catching.
1: That's what I'm talking about right there. Come on, Benjamin. Come on now. Get that ball. You know? Get in front of that ball.
2: Oh, you didn't know.
1: Now I do know. You need to learn. Get in front of that
0: ball. Bring it home. After a half hour, things start to spin out of control. Benjamin, the most volatile of the kids, throws a rock at Joey. Bobby tells him to run a lap. You must be tripping, says Benjamin. I might be tripping, but you need to be lapping,
1: says Bobby.
2: You're going to make me run a lap. And I ain't need to throw nothing. Maybe
1: you need exercise. Benjamin, he's my favorite because I just see me more so than any other child on that team. Um, I don't know what his home life is like, but from what I can see, he's emotional and when he feels cheated or or done wrong, he reacts exactly like I always reacted violently. Verbally, with the violence, and he just goes off and you and the team, and well, that's me. That was me, and in ways it still is. When I get my feelings hurt, I don't always say, uh, "Well." you really hurt my feelings. I say, you motherfucker! And you know what I do, what I've done for a lot of years, is I would hurt myself because someone hurt me. Well, Benjamin does that in practice.
2: No, nah, man, he always gives us some my ears.
0: Get on everybody's nerves. Bobby finally asks Benjamin to go home and come back next practice. Instead, Benjamin stands over my microphone and starts calling the game as he sees it.
2: Think he, oh, he think he right all the time. Who are you talking about? The coach. He always, he pressed. Oh, I've been in the penitentiary. I know all this stuff. Man, buff all that, man.
0: Bobby pauses as Benjamin mimics him, then throws the ball up and cracks it to the outfield.
1: Bring it home, fellas. Bring it
0: home. A few minutes later, Benjamin finally does a lap, but he walks it.
1: Watch the hop. You still got him. Good throw now, Monty. Thank you. Thank you.
0: When he was these kids' ages, Bobby ran wild at night, taking money, stealing bikes. Most kids were afraid of him, but he never messed with me and my brothers. I even remember Bobby and his sister eating with us a couple times because his mom never made dinner. When Bobby was 13, his mother caught him stealing change out of her purse and kicked him out of the house. The only place Bobby knew to go was right here, to this field, where he now coaches baseball. It used to be an abandoned lot full of old cars and refrigerators. Here in the left outfield, where Joey's pacing and muttering because Bobby told him to quit looking for a fight, right here, there used to be a white 69 Ford Falcon that's where Bobby went when his mother threw him out.
1: I spray-painted all the windows black so no one could, could see in, and I would shoplift food from the uh, corner store, the Matties Delicatessen, Neighborhood Deli, like stuff like Vienna sausages and a uh, bottle of wine to go to sleep with at night and sardines, and that was dinner.
0: Bobby says that alcohol helped him feel less afraid late at night in that old Ford. Soon he found pots. Than PCP. In his twenties, he started shooting heroin. You saw your little
2: big-headed little kid. Like a whole bunch of little leprechauns running
0: around. Trash is talked at every practice. And Bobby is teased relentlessly for wearing payless shoes, which the kids would never be caught dead in. Brandon, the eight-year-old, calls Bobby powdered donut because he's white, and he likes to lean into Bobby and whisper, punk. Mostly Bobby laughs. Other times, though, especially when the kids start in on each other,
1: it can get to him. Fellas, fellas, I can't talk if you're talking. I'm about ready to put the gloves in the bag and go home. Give me this stuff. Let me roll. No, man, no, man. I'm serious. Well, shut up. Everybody shut up, please.
0: Bobby picks up the bat bag and slams it against the brick wall.
1: Chill, okay? Chill. I can't talk if y'all talking. Okay, look here. What's up, fellas? What's happening? Somewhere
0: around the third or fourth practice, without announcing it in any way, the boys start calling Bobby Coach. Coach, can you fix this glove? Coach, which bat should I use? What's it like when the kids call you Coach?
1: You know, I didn't, uh, it didn't really hit me at first, you know. Uh, I took them to a picnic uh, a couple of weeks ago, weekends ago that some recovering uh, alcoholic and addict friends of mine threw. And uh, to hear people there, hey Bobby, hey Bobby. And then to hear these this group of kids that I came with, hey coach, hey coach. It, that's when it sort of hit me that, hey man, you know, that, that's just who you are, you know. And, uh, and and these people now see me as coach, not just Bobby, the recovering drug dope fiend. You know, hey, he's the coach. So that 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 makes me feel good to have them, to have these kids call me coach. Um, so I don't know. Now 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 I have this like little small part in shaping what their what their day is going to be like. You know.
2: When he told me that he had come from prison, he got shot in his neck. I thought he was just another one of them people who like to talk about their life and didn't get over it. But <clears throat> I learned to understand him. How do you understand him? He don't want no trouble. He just wants us to listen to him. But... I guess, as you roll into people, you start to have more patience.
0: As you roll into people? Grow.
2: You start to have more patience. And I think that's what's happening.
0: The Department of Recreation gives Bobby an ID badge, which he wears around his neck when he comes down to the neighborhood, like a sign. I am no longer a dope fiend. I'm doing something good. Most people might keep it in their pocket, Bobby wears it right on his chest.
1: I just walk around with my head high and feeling proud for the most part, very proud of uh, of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm.
0: The skeptics are everywhere, though. neighbors who gave him advances for paint jobs he never did. People he stole bank cards from, people he actually spit on. What's that like for you to walk around in the neighborhood and you you might even walk by somebody that you you owe money to or conned money out of?
1: It's uh, it's hard to explain. Really, it's uh, it's a roller coaster of emotions. You know, there's times, and right when I'm feeling like the world is wonderful, when everything is going my way, I'll see someone that I had conned out of a few hundred bucks and the voice in my head will immediately say, see there? You're you're still a scumbag. Remember what look, that's who you really are. So what P- do
0: you do when you see that person?
1: Uh, it depends. It depends on how I feel. Uh and there's times when I might be feeling real insecure and I'll put that macho thing up and uh, I'll put the cocky thing up and hope they say something wrong to me so that I can go south with, you know, so. Do you do that? uh, No, but I want to, I want to. I mean, there's a part of me that still wants to be a thug. You know, there's a part of me still very capable of being a thug, you know. I just wouldn't be able to be a a real good thug with my hands because I'm older, I'd have to get a weapon now, you know.
0: It's early May, and after 10 practices, the kids are finally stepping into their uniforms at the local recreation center. This is the first new thing they've seen all season. Their bats and gloves are splintered and old, but the uniforms are bright blue and gray, Texas Ranger uniforms with red caps. Bobby is tanned and relaxed, dancing around, faking jabs, counting the kids to see if he can field the team, never a sure thing. Today, there are exactly nine boys, the day of their first game against another team. The recreation bus is an hour late to take the team to their game, so some of us go on a taxi. Six kids and I all squish together. Bobby and the others are hailing a cab when the bus finally shows up. We all pile out at what is supposedly the best Little League field in the city. The grass is shin high. There's a pile of dirt in the outfield. No fans, no parents, just Bobby and the team.
2: I don't even have a feel I can slide on. what time is it? Uh, Six, seven. about ten, five or six. Hey, God, you can Oh, the other team, 4-50.
0: The other team never shows, so Bobby's team wins by default. Some other kids are in the same boat, so there's an impromptu scrimmage. And official or not, this is the first baseball game that most of these kids have ever played.
2: They're too dead small, man. We would tear them up. Uh-huh. Okay. What's up? Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: The other team is small but very fast, uh-huh. and they have three coaches who tell them when to steal bases. So Make a line hit. drive becomes a Make run, a then another run, and another run, and it's 5-0.
1: He stole home on y'all. Good play. Good play, Carlo. So we'll see what we need to work on today move up, move up in the box. instead of looking good in our uniforms. <laughs> Come on, let's get out. we got to force a second.
0: The season lurches forward with D.C. Recreation canceling games for no reason, never rescheduling rainouts. The uniforms are not washed for three weeks, and one day no one shows up to let the boys in to suit up for a game, so they have to forfeit. By June, Bobby's team has only played one real game. One game in four months. In this inconsistent world, Bobby is someone the kids can count on. He never misses practice, coming in his painter's pants most days to hit the ball to them. And while it might seem like Bobby's keeping the kids in line, he'll tell you that's what they're doing for him.
1: I don't want to uh, have to avoid my neighborhood. I don't want to have to avoid my community playground because I let these kids down because I'm a drunken, dope-fiend, f***ing bum which is what I become if I go have a beer right now or some dope right now. Tomorrow I'm a bum because all the good feelings are gone. I don't wanna feel the shame which I felt from relapses. And it's big time shame, it's shame. I won't be able to look these kids in their eyes and their faces, I'll duck them. God, I'm 42 years old, and I would have to come in my own neighborhood and duck children because I'm ashamed? I don't want that. Throw that smoke, throw that smoke, throw that smoke. You're the man out there, you're the man.
0: By June, Bobby's team gets its first win with some great pitching from Donald and a catch by Ricardo in the third inning that looks more like a football interception.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Oh man! Boy, that was a major leg catch! Man. I don't make catches like that. And while they
0: wait for their bus to take them back home, the boys start tussling with each other, rolling around on a
1: grassy hill. Hey, they're celebrating their win. They are celebrating their win by
2: wrestling. I'm about to myself! <laughs>
1: This is
0: easily the sweetest moment of the season, not only because of the win, but because it's amazing to see the boys so happy. And this is what Bobby will remember, when Justin and Ricardo get in a real fight an hour later, when he has to suspend Benjamin not once, but twice, and when Joey threatens to beat up a kid from another team. Always that delicate balance, fragile, like sobriety.
2: Time out, time out. have I always
1: thought I was going to be a loser forever. Man, first of all, being clean makes me feel like, okay, I got a chance to be a winner. But the kids especially, it's something about kids, you know. Um, this is something I never thought, man, that I'd be able to do. It's like, man, I was walking after a practice like a week or two ago, I swear to God, I walked across Duke Ellington Bridge to the subway and I started crying. I started crying because I was so happy, you know? So happy that, damn, this is probably gonna work out. I'm probably gonna be able to pull this off.
0: By the end of the season, the kids have a record of two wins and no losses. Playoffs never get scheduled, so there's no reason to practice anymore. No one knows where Benjamin is these days, and just this week I saw Joey stealing a soda from the corner store, and I made him take it back. Bobby still comes around, though, and hangs out in the park, talks with the boys, and he sometimes shoots one-on-one with them. And he says, stick with me. I'm going to have tryouts for a 12-and-under basketball team. I'm going to still be coming around here.
2: Oh, you're going to get in there. Three. we need No, 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 no! I ain't doing no flip! Oh, I told you I ain't it!
0: I never saw Benjamin again, ever. And the rock-throwing brothers, Joey and Justin, well, they ended up joining the D.C. police force. And Bobby, I saw less and less until one day his stepfather called me and told me Bobby had died in his sleep. He was living in a group house. Then he asked if I had a men's suit that would fit Bobby, but I didn't. And about a month later, and this is unusual, a social worker called me to say that Bobby had talked a lot about the baseball team and the season he coached. And she also wanted to tell me that he kept a copy of this radio story with him. The story originally aired on This American Life. We call it Bring It Home, and it was mixed by Flawn Williams. Opening music comes from Herman Burney, and other pieces are from David Shulman. Stay with Porch Tales. Next, we go to the park. I'm Katie Davis. Torch Tales is produced by Humanities DC. If you want to share your DC story, check out the link in the show notes and be sure to rate and review us wherever our podcast lives on your favorite podcast player. This season is made possible by funding from the National Endowment for the Humanities.